Okay, welcome to my first podcast here. Um, I am your host. Uh, my name is Justin Williams uh, from the and, U.S. Uh, I'm Baron Hill. We're both from the U.S. And we're going to go over some very, very basic parts of Bitcoin. Uh, for those who don't know much about it, hopefully we can get some uh, questions answered, explain a little bit more about the basic introduction of the concept. and hopefully do more of these podcasts. Uh, we did these podcasts because we have a lot of friends, family, and coworkers who ask about what is this cryptocurrency they hear all over the news? Is it a scam? And people just don't know if they want to get in or not. So I think what we'll do is just start off talking about the bare bones of the topic here. What exactly is Bitcoin? You know, it's a very broad question, okay. I guess. Um, I guess everyone's familiar with it now in terms of being digital currency. Uh, so it's an open source code. It's very transparent. Um, it can't be changed without people knowing about it. So that's where the trust comes from. You know, obviously there's um, ability to make that that coin have have some value you know store some value in it um but anyone can pretty much look at the the code and and buy and sell it which is like an asset where it's decentralized uh it doesn't really belong to anyone and it's very hard for the government to control uh that's my definition in a nutshell what, what would your take on it be um i would just say i mean it's it's uh about eight years old, maybe a little bit over eight years old, the technology, which is crazy because people are just now really starting to realize what it is and what it's doing. Um, but if you were going to look at it in layman's terms, um, it it is what it is now is because it's been used so much. And because it's been used so much, it it actually has its own sense of purpose and value and that it, it does get used for transacting and for storage. Um, as far as you know, storing your wealth. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a s simple as it gets used. It does. It's been used, um, and it was created because of uh, the issues we've been having with government, with our our fiat, and, and how they decide that that money gets used or how valuable it is for us um, by taking out massive, massive loans, you know, and things like that, and the dollar has lost value significantly over time. And that's one of the issues as far as, you know, our own currency. And that's why Bitcoin itself, um, because it is a finite fixed uh, currency, there will only be a certain amount of that Bitcoin that's created uh, so it can maintain its value. Yeah, and I think as far as common man or in layman terms, a lot of people recognize it as, digital transfer of value or digital gold. I don't know if you heard that term a lot. Uh, a lot of people call it digital gold, where most people can relate to stock options or gold and silver prices. And Bitcoin was created just for those purposes. It's just another form of currency where the buy and sell market holds us true value. So the more people who, who buy, who actually buy the coin, um, it's supply and demand, right? So the more people who buy it, 
the more value it holds. Sort of like the the infamous meme of the of the doggy coin or the Dodge coin, where it was created from a meme, basically from from nothing, and now it has some value just because people have bought into it. And so that's where the idea really came from. Um, I heard Bitcoin back when it first started as a value as a video game currency back in uh, Second Life. Um, it's it's sort of like this virtual reality environment where in video games where people were creating environments in the video game world like um, a disco club or their own state or their own city and people were transferring bitcoins uh, to buy uh, like digital property so they can buy um, if I made a state called Justin Justin state and I wanted to sell it I would sell it for bitcoins, and that's how I actually found out. Uh, it was like back in 2009. W when did you first find out, Baron? <laughs> uh, I'm a latecomer. I actually only found out about it last year because people started mentioning it. Um, I guess I just didn't hang out with the right people um, because once I found out about it and what it was, it made perfect sense to me. Um, so I found out about it a couple of times through through Facebook. Um, I was actually introduced by Justin and maybe a couple of other people through posts. So I ended up having to do a lot of my own research and just kind of look into what it is and what it, what it does, what, why it, it serves its purpose. Um, and I, I really got involved with the market uh, probably late October. So I'm one of the newer people uh, in this field. I'm not one of those that got in real early, you know. Um, so that's, that's where I am. Yeah, and it's it's really weird when it first started. Uh, people started asking, "What is this decentralized um, talk that everyone's talking about? What what does that mean?" You know, I think it started becoming famous when Mark Zuckerberg from famous uh, from Facebook actually started talking about decentralization and and open source. And I think that's kind of the trend or the or the meta these days is before banks and the government really controlled everything, right? Even with PayPal, yeah. Uh, you know, PayPal, you actually had to use your bank in order to transfer money, even with um, Fed, uh, you know, if you do wire transactions, anything is dealing with the bank. The bank controls how much money you have in your account and verifies that that money is being sent over. And that's how the receiving party verifies as well is, is through the bank. Well, with Bitcoin, it's kind of exciting because now it's putting open source technology where there is a ledger out there, and a ledger is digital information that stores information being transferred and received. So now there's multiple ledgers out there where anybody can see the transaction of one currency being transferred to another currency. And that's where you can kind of have your, your, uh, um, your safety nets, right? So you really can't game the system. You really can't cheat the system by saying, you know what, I'm going to create a coin and I'm going to say I'm going to have a million coins. Well, if Baron is actually mining and creating his own ledgers on the same coin, he can actually say, oh, that's not true. You don't have a million coins. You only have five coins. And then Sally can say, that's true. Baron is correct. Justin only has five coins. And so it's very hard to game the system. You know, it's 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 putting the power back into the people, you know.
Yeah. And the interesting thing is a lot of people don't understand why um, something like Bitcoin is so valuable. And it, it all depends on the, the circumstance, the, the world that they're in and their, their economy and their governmental structure. So in countries like uh, Venezuela or Zimbabwe, um, where inflation has become so, so prominent and so detrimental to their way of life that they're, they, they, they've got uh, a billion, billion dollar bills. Uh, it's, it, it's astronomical numbers they had on these bills. Um, so the money has absolutely no value and people have had to retreat to, uh, some form of, of value that isn't controlled by a government that, that doesn't get taken away or get inflated rapidly, um, due to printing lots of money or, or things like that. And that's because of countries like that, that these things are so prevalent. And, you know, if you look at the American dollar, uh, our fiat currency, it's gone down in value significantly uh, over the decades. Last time I checked, you know, when's the last time you've you've gotten a pay raise for doing the same job that you've done, but just because you've had more time in, it just it doesn't normally happen with with your average company, right? Unless you fight tooth and nail and you ask for a promotion and 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 you get it, or you transfer to another company that will be willing to pay you more. It just it just you just don't hear those things these days. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting how. Um, it's really unique because Bitcoin, really nobody owns it. So although it was created by somebody known as Satoshi Nakamoto, that is likely a pseudonym. We don't know if it's one person or a group of people. It was based on conversations with this person because they use different styles of languages and different conversations. People actually think it's several different people behind the, the, the pseudonym. Um, so that's where it traces back to, you know, even if the government wants to regulate Bitcoin, even if um, the world wants to regulate Bitcoin, they can't really place blame on one person. Uh, they can try to place blame on Satoshi, and everyone knows who's in the crypto space knows that they can't find Satoshi. Um, he's just, he's like Santa Claus, basically. <laughs> um, I personally think he was a second life person or there was a group of second life people um, when they started, you know, making Bitcoin very popular. I think it was a group of individuals and just made one person because they knew that this was going to blow up. Right. They knew that Bitcoin was going to be the new currency. And um, whenever there is a spotlight on people, that deals with large sums of money. I mean, it's it's dangerous. So I, I think they're very smart. Um, where the nine founders actually created that pseudonym because um, over the past few years, uh, Satoshi has given up their domain name, has um, even spread out the wealth of all the bitcoins uh, to all the miners. And if it was really one person. You know, wouldn't you think that this person would come out of the spotlight or be like, you know, take on interviews? In the case of Vitalik Buterin, you know, he's the central figure of, of ETH. Everyone knows. Uh, ETH, for those of you who don't know, is called, it's Ethereum. And it's, it's the second technology based, based on 
the building blocks of what Bitcoin has created. In a right. nutshell. It's the, it's the blockchain that influences uh, the technology in the markets. Um, so with Vitalik, we can actually pinpoint where ETH came, came from. Uh, and, that, and, and we always, we always look up to him. But we can't pinpoint where, where Bitcoin came from. That's what makes it so unique. You know, so, 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 it, I mean, it's very interesting, right? So it's a pseudonym. So let's go back to um, how is it different, right? I, I get that question asked a lot. Like, so how is it different than if I were to use PayPal? Um, Bitcoin and PayPal actually fought back in 2009 to be the leading currency, Um you know, peer-to-peer -peer internet currency that enables instant payments to anyone in the world. Okay. So, for instance, everyone keeps saying, oh, wire transfers take a long time. You know, if you were to ever wire money from a relative, let's just say who lives in the Philippines, it would take a long time. There's there's fees involved. It's not instant um, internet money that you can do. Uh, well, you can do PayPal, right? Or you can do Venmo. But again... You need banks to facilitate those transactions and to keep a ledger. Right. Right. Now, the ledger is actually distributed and copied with multiple nodes in the Bitcoin network. And nodes are just these uh, computers um, that monitor and track all the transactions all around the world um, to verify that the transactions are true. And it gets verified multiple times. Uh, through various, you know, locations, and that's that's how the, the transaction's proven. Just so you, you know, for those of you who don't know. Yep, yeah, and nodes actually deal directly with miners as well. And so again, it goes back to that open source theory of, well, how can you cheat the system? Well, because there's a lot of miners out there who keep ledgers. Um, there are nodes, and and that's how you know fraud. Uh, is being prevented. So going back to PayPal, you know, they, they really got popular on eBay because you were to do instant, you know, transfers and transactions. Um, but again, there was fees involved. What's, I don't even know what the current fee is on PayPal. Is it something like ridiculous? Um, 4%? Might, I mean, as far as there are some free options on PayPal, uh, depending on how you use the system. Um, and the fees, I, I didn't take a note, but I think it, I'd have to look it up and, and verify it's just that I don't, my own foot in my mouth, PayPal fees. Um, says 2.9%, you know, but. So 2.9%. Yeah, it's somewhere in that realm, possibly. Well, I mean, we're, we're just giving you a high level way of thinking of, of the difference. Um. And I want to even take it take it even further back uh, before talking about nodes and ledgers. So Bitcoin is really just a huge algorithm or a huge math code. And this goes into the line of on how to prevent fraud. So Bitcoin was created as this huge math code. If you think about it, take a calculator, do the highest m multiple you know, uh, 
do the highest multiple problem on the calculator and then times that by a billion. That's basically Bitcoin, right? Uh, Bitcoin right there is taking this hard, you know, um, math problem. First of all, and in order to get to that math problem, you need miners to actually calculate the the math problem on their physical computers. So their computers are actually calculating this math problem, and that's what the miners are for. And they get rewarded every time they solve a piece of the puzzle or a piece of that math problem. And that's how Bitcoin actually grows, right? Uh, there's an infinite supply of Bitcoin at some point, and, and I, I think the most accurate number was, what, 21 million? Oh, finite supply. And that would, finite, finite. Finite supply, yes. And that would be um, completely done in the year 2040. So we have some time on that where miners are actually still getting money and, or they're still being rewarded for figuring out these, for running these math problems on the computers. And that's the reason why the market right now is selling a lot of high-end computers and graphic devices and processors is because of the miners. And so they're solving math problems every bit of the way. And once they, once they solve it, they get rewarded. And that goes hand in hand with, well, once you have the math problem complete, then you can talk about, well, now you need to transfer and receive, and receive it. And that's where the ledgers and, and, and the notes come from. And that's why it's very almost next to impossible to, to, um, to have fraud because you have so many people who are mining, so many people who are verifying your transaction. The power is left to the people, to the miners. And that's why it's called decentralized. And uh, the miners actually, um, the way the code is designed, as the miners verify these transactions, um, and each blockchain, uh, the general term, right, for this, uh, each of these sections of data uh, are verified, um, it, they actually are, some Bitcoin is actually released and they are paid in Bitcoin. So energy is actually used uh, to collect and process all this data and that in turn allows them to get paid in that currency. So it's a cycle that feeds itself. They get rewarded for verifying the data and the transactions, um, and they wanna verify more transactions. And as uh, the price of, of Bitcoin continues to move, uh, they continue to verify transactions so they can continue to get paid in, in that Bitcoin or, or any other cryptocurrency that's designed to be mined and verified. Yeah, so um, it's very unique in how Bitcoin uses this structure to actually, you know, prevent a lot of fraud and it's very open source. Um, it's also very unique, I might point out, as in there's no customer service. So like a bank, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't got to call nobody. Oh my, you don't got to log in and send them. Oh yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So a bank, you can actually call up and say, hey, I, I transferred $5 to my cousin, but my cousin didn't receive it. So the bank can actually handle that. Well, unfortunately, though, there is no customer service for Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is handled, again, for the people, by the people. And so that's why we use wallets. That's why we keep it on exchange. And that's why we 
we make sure to say, hey, don't lose your your passcode or your PIN number or don't don't lose your whatever form that you're using to get access to your coins. It's up to you. And so you hear many stories, right? Um, how people lost their coins. Um, like, oh man, I forgot my password. That was from 2009. Well, unfortunately, Baron and I can't call up Bitcoin.com and be like, hey, what was my password again? Because we <laughs> we are expected to know our pass passcode. We are expected to safe house our um, passcode in order to get back the coins because everything is done open source. Is I mean that's kind of a a weird concept to understand, but um, that's also makes it a beautiful concept because again we control our own currencies. Yeah, the bank can't force us to uh, withdraw. You know, or seize our funds in our account. Uh, you know, you can't seize our Bitcoin. If you um, if you're transacting with a bank, you know, and they're they're convenient because they've been around for forever. They have all these uh, holding fees. You know, if you don't have a thousand dollars minimum in your uh, in your checking account, they're going to charge you. You know, a monthly fee. Some banks. If you do this, if you know, there's 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 positives and negatives to each side of the equation. But in the end, I don't I don't like someone else controlling my money. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just not exciting. There's nothing exciting about that. And the more, you know, and that's what I found very interesting about this uh, market is that I, I can control it. I mean, I can lose it. You know what I mean? Um, and that would be my own fault. I would have no one to blame but myself. And it's always good to understand the technology, uh, you know, before you, there's s simple ways to do it. But if you start moving it around or doing anything like that, you, you want to be mindful. I just, I've dealt with banks enough to, to know that I don't trust them because <laughs> um, they, their best, their, their job is to take my money. It's not to make me money. So, yeah. and, and, and we have a lot of people and actually governments, um, the most famous of all Mark Zuckerberg, but actually uh, most of our governments are actually very behind on uh, the blockchain technology of, of Bitcoins. <laughs> and so, um, one of the questions I get asked a lot too is, well, didn't Bitcoin start off as, uh, you know, was start off as something as illegal? Didn't people used to buy it for drugs? Didn't people use it for illegal stuff? That was sort of uh, the very first things that I would get um, talking about Bitcoins, right? Yeah. The short answer is yes, right? But so are cars. Cars are used to transport bank robbers. I a knife can be used as a murder weapon. Oxygen is what fuels criminals. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, yes. I mean, this did start off. Dollars. They use dollars to do the exact same thing. There's no different. No Blood different. money. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's printed money. There's, uh, you know, there's all these different things. And I just, it's funny when people say that, when they, they don't realize how many other, you know, banks or, or you know all these other organizations already have a lot of that built into um into the way things work um side note if i took you on a tangent i apologize it's interesting that, that you bring that up <laughs> but it's it's a very true question right um it's a very true question that people ask a lot and um yes there is a dark web yes um there has it has been around for a while, 
Um, but the beautiful thing about Bitcoin was it was created as the next currency or um, the mainstream currency for the future. And I think that's what's exciting about getting into Bitcoin now. I tell Baron all the time, I'm like, we're going to look back on this 20 years from now and be like, I can't believe we were part of the revolution of uh, crypto coins because it's branching off in so many different coins right now. Uh, there's a coin, as you may have heard in the news recently, was Kodak, where they came out of bankruptcy and they were known for their cameras. Um, they're actually coming in into the market now where, you know, they're saying, hey, um, we're creating a coin just for photographers so they can transfer money back and forth for copyright content of photographers, which is great. You know, hospitals are doing the same thing. Now we have a currency uh, just for people who want um, blood transfusions. You know, they're, they're making coins. Uh, it's sort of like what, what happened back in 1999 with the dot-com boom, you know, with all the internet where everyone was trying to take over the domain names. Well, now these coins are, are all trying to take over a domain. You know, we have coins that are trying to take over the photography space. We have coins that are trying to take over the medical space. And the exciting thing... Social right, media... Uh, yep, social media. Redcoin is another big one for is, social media. Uh, mm -hmm. Marketing, market, uh, ex trade, trading exchanges. Um, yeah, and it, and then it's just icing on the cake of what people are realizing. I've got an idea for something that I'm gonna, I want to pursue. Not this year, but probably in the next year or two. Um, it's because it's it's opened up a lot of options uh, because of how the technology works. Yeah, and so I tell Baron all the time. Um, you know, if we hit gold by actually investing into a small coin, or they call it altcoins, alternative coins, if we invest into a small coin and it turns out to be the standard in one or two years, um, it's going to be exciting. You know, you get to tell your kids and you get to tell people that you know, it's like, yeah, I invested in this small coin into this space and there was it was competing against other 10 other coins and, and they came out as the winner. So that leads into kind of um, ending out the segment here is, you know, is this, is this a, is this a scam? Is this something that's going to, you know, bubble? And then we get that, you hear that a lot. Is, is this a, is this a bubble market? Just like the housing market and the internet market back in the day. Bubble, the uh, railroad uh, bubble when they started building railroad, uh, the railroad system. Uh, um, I'm sure there were a lot of, there was a car bubble where there's lots of manufacturers and they realized, you know, cars. Um, but to answer that question, um, there's always going to be a bubble whenever there's any type of new technology that's introduced. Um, and it's actually healthy. Um, and the reason being is that you have to learn what's going to work and what isn't going to work. And you have to go through these growing pains and all these adjustments continue to tweak them so that way the it, it, people can learn and, and evolve with how this technology is being developed because um, some things are going to are going to we're going to find out you know what that's not the way that we can do it but this way is going to be you know five times better and then we're, we're going to be able to do this um, so in that aspect it's it's important to understand that um, you know, you had to go through a thousand websites to figure out 
okay, you know, these models of websites didn't work or the way that they were building them didn't work, but Amazon got it right. Facebook got it right. Google got it right. You know, they, they, after all, all this trial and error, there were concepts that did make sense. A lot of them failed. Right. So, um, it's always something to consider whenever you're looking at some a really new developing technology, especially something like uh, blockchain technology or the, uh, this cryptocurrency market that you might be considering. Yeah, and that's actually going to be in our next segment. Um, the panic sellers, the FOMO, the recent bleed <laughs> in the market. I mean, yeah, absolutely, you hit it right on the head. It is actually very healthy and is very normal um, to have this fear but going back to the original purpose of Bitcoin is it's already here. The technology is already here. So um, you may hear me saying this a lot. It's not about if this will happen, if cryptocurrency will be the next uh, currency. It's about when. Right. And we don't right. know, both Baron and I and other investors and analysts, we don't know when uh, the whole cryptocurrency will be the standard. Um, but it's almost near impossible that it's going to be taken away because remember no one knows who the original creator of bitcoin is and you cannot erase even if the even if trump our president trump says i am going to make um bitcoin illegal in the united states it is very near impossible to do that because we cannot erase all the ledgers all the nodes um, we can't erase all the peer-to-peer -peer transactions. It's already out there. Right. And the government doesn't want to do that, to be honest. They don't want to make themselves look stupid by saying, I'm going to ban this and then have this keep going again. Because when was the last time that happened when they tried to ban alcohol um, you know, with the prohibition back in the days? They made themselves – the government made themselves look stupid. And they were like, you know what? We can't ban alcohol. So let's go ahead and try to regulate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're dealing with these. Again, we'll get into this in, uh, uh, in the future. It's just uh, understanding that, you know, it takes some research, a little bit of research. It, it takes trying to understand the technology a little bit. I mean, I, I delved into it for hours, hours, and hours, and hours, and hours, really trying to understand why and how and and the what with all behind this technology um, here to stay. It's, it's basically the way the internet was um, before we even understood what the internet was. And that's what it, that's where we're at right now. And it's a tremendous opportunity for people um, that are enter entering that market to really, it's still a ground floor. Uh, it's got a lot of exposure, uh, but that doesn't mean that there's that many people that are involved. So it's still early stages. Yeah, so that makes it very exciting, and and I'm very happy to actually be part of, of this cryptocurrency revolution. I encourage everyone to do their own research. Um, hopefully, in our next segment, we can talk a little bit more how to do that research, because like Baron said, you know, we could blindly choose our coins, which some people do, um, and there's a smart way of doing it and actually researching the coins. Um, and, and finding out what they are, they're called the white papers. They have what is called white papers for each coin. Each coin has their own wallet, has their own white paper, have their own website, has their own mission, so to speak. You know, what is the purpose of their coin? And so I, we, we definitely encourage everyone to research about it. 
Um, and hopefully we can talk about how to get into the altcoin market. Because uh, I was just telling Baron this recently. I'm like, 2018 is the year of the altcoin or the small coin market. Um, right now, the big boys are fighting it out. You know, Bitcoin and BCH or Bitcoin Cash and all the big boys are fighting now. But what what about the small coins? You know, that's once the big once the big boys actually determine all right who's here to stay, then the small coins are are going to be like a tidal wave that's just going to if you miss out on the boat on that, I mean that's going to be a huge regret. So that's why we're that's why both Darren and I have been actually investing in small coins uh, really aggressively. I, I, yeah. I want to say in the last two months, three months. For me, the last month since I got since I got in so late, I didn't <laughs> know about all this technology stuff, so I was out of the loop. Yeah, so it's exciting time. Um, you know, this is our first podcast here. Hopefully, we'll do more. Just depending on the feedback. Um, hopefully, it'll be a better format. Uh, I think we're going to have another Bitcoin investor. Um, AJ join us in the next group and uh, we encourage anyone else if you have any feedback or anything else let us yeah, know questions as well are always going to be welcome if you have a topic that you want us to cover um, we can always go into those into those areas uh, in a little bit more detail so general touch on things you know as we start and then hopefully we can get into some more interesting details as you guys become more familiar with what's going on and how it works yeah and, and as a disclaimer once again you know, Baron and I are not doing this to get a commission off of you. We're not doing this as a pyramid scheme. You know, there, that's another fear that this is a pyramid scheme. Like if you get sucker, suckered into selling Avon, you know, uh, we're, we're not we're not selling this to make money off of you. You make money on your own on these investments. Uh, you may get a referral code from Coinbase from one of us, but again, that's nothing. You get free ten dollars, and we get a free ten dollars from Coinbase, but that's nothing that would be even considered a scamming. Um, I think we just want our friends and family to join us. You know, we, it's sort of like, hey, let's invest in Google when no one knows about it or not many people know about it. And I want all my friends and family to invest in Google so when it blows up, we can we can all be rich. Or not even rich per se, but, you know, in an investment that's better than putting money in a savings account where you're only making pennies. Um, at the end of the year, where you can actually double and triple fold your your investments. I was I was I had that conversation actually about that with um, how again a bank really just wants to take your money. They don't really care to um, make you money. So um, I I don't try to put my money in banks at all. Uh, if I do anything, it's going to be in other investments outside of banks. So money doesn't sit in my bank account if I can avoid it. I got to put it in something so it's working for me, not against me. And there you go. Um, that would be a great topic to bring up again. It's like this compared to banks, uh, going back to <laughs> decentralization. Go on so, <laughs> yep. And so that will be our next segment. So again, um, I, my name is Justin Williams I, and, and I'm Baron Hill and we appreciate you guys listening on this podcast here. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Bye.